Welcome to the Armor Men's Health Show with Dr. Mystery and Donna Lee. Hello and welcome to the Armor Men's Health Show. This is Dr. Mystery, your host, board-certified urologist, joined by my co-host, Donna Lee. Uh, this show is brought to you by the urology group that I started in 2007, NAU Urology Specialists. We're blessed to have four physicians, four mm-hmm. advanced practice providers. We have two pelvic floor physical therapists, a health coach. We have sleep medicine and sex therapy. We are here for your urologic needs. You know, we have two sex therapists on site now. That's amazing. Yeah, we didn't need need some more patients though, but yeah, <laughs> get them a little busier. And you know, it, a lot of people don't know that there's a big psychological component to your erectile dysfunction issues, but uh, but sex therapy also affects a lot of our um, uh, fertility patients, believe mm-hmm. it or not. That's right. So um, uh, we are blessed to have guests on our show often. We have a wonderful friend of the show, a wonderful friend of our practice, Dr. Anna Urukalo, joining us today. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Urukalo. Welcome. Good morning, and thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure. So, so uh, chipper, unlike some <laughs> of the other guests we've had. Yeah, sometimes they're like, hey, thanks for hey, having me. Hey, thanks for coming here. <laughs> <laughs> I love the female energy. Good. So um, uh, foot uh, issues and ankle issues and podiatric issues are something that afflicts a lot of people, uh, especially as people age. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about what uh, it takes to become a podiatrist? So, um, you know, it's a it's a long road, but it's a fun road. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, So, you know, undergrad, um, I went pre-med. And uh, then um, took the MCAT, uh, went to podiatry school, which is very similar to the MDDO program. So the first two years are pretty much identical. And then in the second two years, we kind of do a little bit of more of focus on the, foot, on the lower extremities. Uh, but we also continue with the general. And then after that, there's residency, postgraduate training. I did three years of residency. Uh, and then practice. Some people do fellowships. There's varieties. It's it's odd how much variety really there is in the foot and ankle because you think, well, what all can you do? But there's sports medicine, there's pediatrics, there's limb salvage, uh, there's trauma, reconstruction. So there's a whole lot of variety there. And uh, although there are like hundreds of medical schools, there are not hundreds of pod- podiatric schools. Are there, is that right? No, we're very few and exclusive. Uh, <laughs> so there's about seven in the country. Uh-huh. Wow. That is so few. Like it's, it's amazing. There should, like, that, should we start one? Like, <laughs> we're going to start one. We're gonna start. I like it. <laughs> the urology podiatry department. Is there one in Texas? Um, you know, there's one in the Rio Grande Valley that uh, Dr. Larry Harkless, my previous uh, residency director, was trying to uh, working on starting up. So yes. Wow, that's well, that's fascinating. That's in the works. How yeah. many urology programs are there? I mean, there's uh, really less than 350 urologists that graduate every. Um, Every year, year. Oh, uh, that's right. but uh, they're you know dispersed over you know probably a good hundred programs wow. uh, around the around the country, and there's hundreds and hundreds of medical schools. So uh, it's very it's very elite to become a, a podiatrist. It, yeah. Do you think most podiatrists uh, like seek out that specialty, or uh, what got you interested? You know, it's it's really interesting because uh, some do. Uh, I, I think it just kind of comes different for everybody. Um, I always wanted to be in medicine. I grew up in a family of doctors. And and I always could hear him talk about medical cases, and it fascinated me. So I knew that that was my path. My mom was a dentist, and I originally wanted to be a dentist, and she talked me out of it really quick <laughs> and said if she was to do it again, she would do 
podiatry, and I remember my response being, Mom, feet are dirty. <laughs> they are. And she looked at me and she said, no, honey, mouth. Mouths are mouth dirty. dirty. <laughs> um, so anyway, some so, mouths. <laughs> so I'm very happy that I took this route. She said, trust me, sit down, you know, enjoy it. And uh, I get to do surgery. I get to do conservative care. So it's really a great mix of things, sports medicine. I love it. So as men age, we're, you know, this is a men's health show, um, what are some of the more common men's health uh, or uh, men's foot and ankle type things that, that you're going to see? You know, it really depends on the type of a patient. So we have men that are very active and then men that are a little more sedentary. So those are kind of the two dichotomies in the active ones. And, and men usually kind of like to wear this badge of honor of, <clears throat> I don't need to see a doctor. I'm doing fine. Um, <laughs> no. She does a good and, man impression. That was a good man impression. And, and, you know, a lot of times <laughs> when I you know, say, what brings you? Wife sent me here. So uh, <laughs> We get that a lot. Too. Yes, yeah. that's, right. that's right. So, you know, it's, it's great. But um, I think as we age, you know, just wear and tear on the body, putting miles on the wheels kind of thing. Um, and men, I think, tend to not care as much about their feet it's just kind of like oh, it's way there at the end of your body we don't really care about it whereas women you <laughs> know it's like petties and you know pretty feet and after know, so. the waist we really stop caring <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the dangly parts we're worried the dang- about the dangly parts we're more worried <laughs> Not about exactly your foot so um so heel pain uh foot pain are probably yes. big reasons why people are going to seek uh, a podiatrist oh uh, what are the most common causes of heel and foot pain so heel pain, most people are very familiar with plantar fasciitis. Uh, so that's a very, very common one. Typically overuse injury, falling of the arches, not wearing enough support, doing too much. The other type of heel pain is Achilles tendonitis, which is at the back of the heel, whereas plantar fasciitis is on the bottom. Um, so those are some of the more common ones. Uh, we see a lot of tendonitis, um, you know, um, neuromas, nails are a big thing, you know, ingrown nails, nail fungus, that kind of thing. Uh, but a lot of times just the, the wear and tear on the body. So plantar fasciitis is something that I suffer from, <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and I've suffered from it for a few years now. And so uh, Suffered I've, in silence? Suffered. Mm. Not, no, I complain about it constantly. Oh, okay. He's never, he's <laughs> never in silence. I'm never, I'm never quiet. Uh, <laughs> uh, in, in, our, in our house, the joke is I always say it with a whiny voice. It's my plantar fasciitis. Oh, Maybe okay. you should see a podiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, uh, walking around your house without shoes has been something that like, you know, t- talk to me about shoe wearing and, and <laughs> podiatry and kind of, uh, you know, what you carry around as uh, comments to people. Oh, sure. So shoe thing is a huge thing, especially house shoes. So once COVID hit and uh, people started spending a lot more time at home, they were barefoot running around. A lot of the homes are now less carpeted and more hard floors. So that's not good for your feet. So I started seeing a whole bunch of these COVID-related foot and ankle injuries, mostly plantar fasciitis and things like that. So wearing house slippers is huge. And not all house slippers are created equal. I usually like something with support. Uh, so people like those memory foam, cushy, God forbid, Crocs um, that are just not good for your feet. You need support. Um, so that that's a huge part. And again, not all are created equal. I usually recommend get a good pair of house slippers that you have. Uh, there's a place called Instep over at the Gateway Shopping Center that have amazing Here in Austin, ha- that's right. Yes, yes. And they have great house slippers. There's a lot of other places as well. But what I like is going somewhere where they can really show you and, and kind of narrow you down to what you need rather than you just buying something off the Amazon. Mm-hmm. Once you know what you have, what you need, then you can get it. But get something good because being at home is a huge part. And then being outside. For sure, for, for mm-hmm. sure, with, with walking around the house, 
one of the biggest differences difference makers for me and my feet has been wearing shoes or something in the house. Yes. Now this is interesting because you know my wife doesn't want me walking on the carpet with shoes, so you really have to have shoes that haven't been in the operating room <laughs> <laughs> that you're walking around yeah. your house. Yeah. Mm, walking around in the dirty hospital yes, floors. That's right. I got you. Yeah. And the so instep having people, house shoes really takes care of that. You definitely want to have something for the house that's not worn outside. Right. And let's thank the instep people. They're very nice, and we told them we would give them a little shout out, but. Um, you told me before when I first met you to stop being barefoot in the house and I've mm-hmm. stopped that and I wear really supportive shoes and then the other day I like left my supportive shoes at some part of the house and I was on the couch or something I walked around for like 10 feet in my house on my bare feet and it was like totally awful like it was a whole different world I was like where are my shoes like I, I get yep. I get it now that now it makes sense because there was no support whatsoever and it was not comfortable but you didn't know different from before right now that you yeah. know different yeah yeah, totally. So when people with plantar fasciitis or Achilles heel pain are looking for shoes that they're going to wear out of the house, what are some of the characteristics that you that, that you recommend? So great question. Um, it all depends on your foot type, right? So different foot types require different shoes. Um, and here in Texas, you know, usually, by the way, let me backtrack for a second. Um, it's usually better to wear shoes that have lace-up, support. You know, th- those are the more comfortable ones. The problem in Texas is... 100 degrees, six months a year, or 100 degrees plus. So people don't like to wear closed toe shoes. So there's a lot of sandal offers, but uh, options, but therapeutic sandals. Uh, not the, you know, so again, places like Instep, Caravel, that kind of thing. Uh, go in, get something good that you can wear, and then replace them frequently. But usually tennis shoes and lace-up shoes are going to be your most supportive shoes. Now, some people also require inserts in addition to the, and orthotics and things like that. And these come in different flavors. There's over-the-counter, there's custom that you can get to support to add additional support to your shoes. Mm. And uh, for a lot of these conditions, calf tightness and uh, and something above the ankle and foot can be really causative, right? Oh, absolutely. So it's all connected. I usually kind of say, you know, my your, your feet are made of 26 bones in the foot, two in a leg, thigh, hip, back, and it's all connected. It's one big pulley mm. system. So when you it's don't It's weird have, that you stop at the waist because that's where we started. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> I, I figured you'd did. take off from there. So that's, <laughs> right. that's why y'all work so well together. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, because things are connected, a lot of times people that have plantar fasciitis or Achilles heel pain, they need to do stretches of their upper extra, uh, their, 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 the higher up uh, of their leg, right? Absolutely, absolutely. A lot of times stretching the Achilles tendon um, is what's going to help with your plantar fasciitis because it's connected. Um, so an Achilles tendon is one of the biggest tendons. The important thing that I always want to pass on is you want to stretch it with the knee straight and the knee bent because there's two muscles mm-hmm. that make up the Achilles tendon. Gastroc is above the knee, soleus below the knee. So you should feel two stretches, one kind of right below the knee in the calf region and then one right above the ankle. For your, uh, you know, uh, for your recommendations, I bought a slant board slant oh, board off of Amazon yes. and yes. Uh, because my uh, my 15 year old daughter who plays volleyball also has plantar fasciitis and we've been using this slant board it's a beautiful thing and it works better than just kind of like putting your foot up on a curb or something like yes. that because it sticks there yes great recommendation mm-hmm. well uh, Anna we're going to be right back after this message uh, how do people get a hold of you what's the number of your new practice Yes, a new practice, practice Elite Foot and Ankle Associates with my partner, Dr. Nalaska Soliotis. Number is 512-907-3100. We'll be right back. Thank you.
Hello and welcome back to the Armour Men's Health Show. This is Dr. Mystery, your host, joined by my co-host, Donna Lee. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. Donna, there's a lot of options of how to listen to this show, huh? Mm, you you can could listen, listen to, to us uh, right here on News, News Radio, Radio KLBJ, KLBJ. Uh, 590 AM. 99.7 FM? You never know. Yes, that is correct. And there's also a free app. So if you don't want to sit in your car and listen to our amazing po- guests and podcasts, you can get the app, the KLBJ app. And you can also listen to this as a podcast mm-hmm. wherever you get your podcast. That's Look right. for Armor, A-R-M-O-R, Men's Health. That's right, because you spelled it wrong. I did spell it wrong. Don't look for A-R-M-O-U-R. Just look for A-R-M-O-R. I think we bought the link for the other one, too. I have the Gmail link. Yeah, very nice. (laughs) (laughs) This is a men's health show. This is brought to you by the urology group that I started in 2007, NAU Mm -hmm. Urology Specialist. And we're joined again by our wonderful guest, Dr. Ana Urakalu with Elite Foot and Ankle Associates. Thank you so much for joining us again, Ana. Thank you for having me here. It's an honor. So the previous segment, we talked a lot about uh, foot and ankle pain uh, related to um, uh, plantar fasciitis and Achilles tendonitis. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about things that happen with our toes, uh, namely hammer toes and calluses and bunions and all these kinds of things. Ingrown toenails. Ingrown toenails that we deal with. So um, (laughs) let's talk about bunions first. What, What is a bunion? So bunion is a deformity at the big toe joint where there's uh, movement of the big toe towards the second toe. So there's a bump that's prominent or we call medial side of the foot, kind of closer to the inside of the body. So it's not really the, the bone that grows there. It's really the angle of the metatarsal and the, the toe bone, the phalanx, that creates it to be more prominent rather than the growth of the bone. So it's not really a callus. Correct. So a callus would be like a buildup of skin. Yes. So so that's not skin. There's an actual bone there. Yes, mm-hmm. there's bone there, but sometimes you do get some skin callus formation because it's irritated in it's the shoes. It's rubbing. Yeah. It's rubbing. And so and that, so that's interesting. It's not really that there's an extra bone that's being built there. It's really the angle of the toe that's making that bone more prominent. Exactly. Exactly. Why does that form? You know, uh, eh. Uh, genetics a lot of times so it's the foot structure that you're born with now certain things like shoes can slow it down or speed it up so all the hooker, ac- the hooker shoes i've been wearing in my <laughs> 20s and 30s caused me to have my bunion named paulina paulina yes so there no hooker go. shoes ladies. there you go there you, th- you go you think it's wrong that i think that bunions are really sexy I was going to make an OnlyFans page about my bunion and just slide her up against things, up and down, slowly, <laughs> like a cucumber. Do you find that a lot, Anna, that people are attracted to bunions? Huh, I don't know. We'll, we'll I see. need to look out for that, yeah. When do, when do people decide to get their bunions fixed? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, as a surgeon and someone who loves to do surgery, I will start off with that. This, um, <laughs> Trust me, you're in good company. <laughs> we all love to operate around here. <laughs> think long and hard before you have Ooh, bunion long surgery. And hard. Because, <laughs> uh, because it, it does involve quite a bit. Uh, you know, there's a lot of recuperation. There's a lot of pain associated with it. In my book, when it starts interfering with your activities of daily living. What kind of symptoms are people going to have? Are they going to have pain, pain right there? Oh, yeah. Right at the bunion? Right at the bunion, pain in the shoes. You know, I get people that say, hey, or I'll get women that come in and say, yeah, it feels great in my tennis shoe. The the reality Mm. is I can't wear that day in and day out. I can't wear any other shoes. Mm. So that's a problem, right? So if they're having pain right where the bunion is, uh, you might want to operate on. Are there non-surgical corrective kind of things that people can do if they're starting to get a bunion or starting to have minimal pain? Absolutely. There's so much more we can do. There's so much we can do conservatively. But if you come to me at the end where there's nothing else to do, then there's not many options. Conservatively, though, uh, good shoes, 
um, orthotics or arch supports. There's various um, like bunion splints that you can use to kind of help stretch it out. Um, can be of benefit. Exercises. So those all splints that. will be like to, to separate your big toe and the one next to it. So yeah, that's almost like yoga better. for your toes, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little physical toga. therapy. Toga. Yeah, I like it. Oh. Togia. Isn't that a thing? A toga party? No, well, that's a wrapping and sheet. <laughs> okay, never mind. Okay, and so and so those are some so more conservative options. Now, when you're going to operate, let's talk about the fun stuff. Yeah. What do you do? Do you go in there and like you get to cut like that little bone part off, or do you like break the toe? Like, what do you do? Well, it depends on the severity of it, right? Sometimes okay. you can just, quote, shave off the bone. That's the least aggressive way. Oh. Um, not as common. Uh, usually a little more is needed. So we typically break the bone oh. and oh. shift it over. And depends oh. where you break it. If you, for less, so for moderate deformities, at the metatarsal neck. And then it's screw fixation usually. Or um, it can be at the base. Or sometimes you need a fusion of the metatarsal cuneiform joint for really severe bunions. Now, there's also things like fusion at the MP, the metatarsal phalangeal joint, plate and screws kind of fixation or implants. We do all sorts of things. So you're going to get wow. like some screws and some metal in you when you get your bunion fixed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and how long does the surgery take? Depends on the severity of it. You know, anywhere from under an hour to it can take a couple of hours, depending on what you're doing. And then do you have to like not walk for a while? Yeah. Like how long? <laughs> like um, eight weeks. You know, some are we, you know, some of them are able to walk right away in like okay. a surgical shoe or a cast boot. And others require six, four to six, eight weeks of non-weight bearing, depending if there's grafting, bone oh, grafting wow. and things. Is that things when like you get that? to walk around with that little scooter thing where your yeah, knees on it? Yeah. Yeah. You can run oh, people no. over in it. That thing. <laughs> My husband always wants one of those and he has <laughs> just, no foot problems. He has no foot problems. <laughs> he, he just, just wants, wants to scoot around in that. He just to wants get past to scoot people. around. Yeah. I don't know why people think it looks so cool. So <laughs> It does not. Uh, so, uh, so if you have a bunion that's interfering with your life or making you not be able to wear shoes does it affect like your ability to run and do physical activity also oh absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely no and it's really hard when it's on your right side like if you have surgery oh, on the right you can't drive you can't drive oh. huh? yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so um uh, if people are uh looking to make sure that their insurance covers it does insurance usually cover bunion surgery oh usually yes because it's medically necessary now cosmetic bunion surgery i haven't seen much of that but if you're just kind of like eh, it doesn't hurt i just want to make it look pretty then that's a different situation Especially since so many people are attracted to bunions. Mm. <laughs> check out my OnlyFans page. <laughs> check out my OnlyFans page. Donald E's foot. So uh, then, then what is a hammer toe? Hammer toe is a contract, contracture of the toe, usually kind of up and down. So sagittal plane, right? Um, but it can be at the uh, metatarsal phalangeal joint. It can be at the um, proximal phalangeal. Does or it distal. make your it toes curve? curl? Yes. Curl like in, like, like a down. Hammer. Yes, curl like down. Yes, like literally like a hammer. So there can be flexible or it can be rigid. So I there's don't think I've ever seen it. Like, mm. I, but I don't have it, and I don't look at people's toes that often. Like, yeah. does it does is it pretty it's, is it oh, pretty, pretty obvious? It, yes. So they look like that. So they look, like we're on the radio, running. so you can't yes. see. But 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 but, but <laughs> so, 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 so the to- the toes curl in, and does it hurt? Yes, that can be very painful. Because think about it, if it's if you're walking at the very tip of the toe where the nail is, right? Instead right. of walking on the pad oh. of the tip of the toe where the padding is. So number one, you're going to get pain because there's not much padding there at the tip of the toe. But then also the part that's sticking up. Um, Rubs against your rub- shoes. Yes. Yes. Oh. And so, oh. Uh, like, does this come on all of a sudden? Like, don't people come to the doctor really early when they notice their toes look funny? No. Some do, some don't. Some are in denial for a long time. Are you kidding? The diabetic patients, they walk in and their toes fall off. 
Oh my God! You no, know, that was gradual. It's the longest river in the world, denial. You know. <laughs> so, it so these... usually takes a while to develop, but um, sometimes you can have the traumatic onset, and then it'll happen a little quicker. So, uh, what what causes hammer toe? Is that is that genetic? Is that weight? Also, is the that structure shoes? of the foot, shoes, kind of similar as with the bunions. You know, they they used to say shoes cause it, but they've done these studies in African tribes that run around barefoot. They still have bunions and hammer toes oh okay interesting right yeah okay well that that's fascinating and so uh, again uh, you're going to choose to fix it when it interferes with your life and causes pain and you fail conservative treatment options it's a a common mantra amongst all the surgeons we have on the show you fix it when it's affecting your lifestyle and your and your activities of living so uh conservative therapies for bunions were shoes and inserts and things like that and splints what about for hammer toes uh, kind of similar. There's hammer toe pads, usually also good shoes that are going to have a large toe box, so you're not rubbing on top of the shoe, right? That You're not scraping the roof of the shoe, so to speak. Um, also inserts, uh, stretching exercises. Yeah. Can you reverse hammer toe, or are these just like crutches that you're doing so you don't have to like deal with hammer toe? Yeah, kind of, kind of the latter. Um, if they're flexible and they're not super severe, yes, you can get a little bit of a give in them to where it's not a problem, uh, to where you can sort of live with it, so to speak. Um, but if they become rigid, then yeah, there's, there's no. How do you mm. fix it? Do you like open them up and like straighten their toes out? We actually um, break the joint. Oh yeah. my god! Take, take out the metatar- the, the uh, head of the proximal phalanx. I can't talk. Yeah. Y'all Everything just, about you yeah, is about breaking the, the foot. <laughs> breaking something over there. <laughs> Everything oh she does heaven. breaks the foot. But yeah, but then we we'll fix it. We we'll put yeah. it back together in a nice <laughs> way. And, and, and is it usually one toe, or is it like all five toes? You know, it can be a. Ver- it, it, I don't usually see it. Yeah, sometimes it's five toes. It's not as common. Usually one or two okay. is more common. Yeah. So you'll see one or two hammer toes, and then and then you'll operate on it, and that's another like hour, two hour surgery. Sometimes Those are covered quick. by insurance, and then most of the times covered by insurance. Okay. Usually covered by insurance. Yes. Okay. And then uh, similarly, they can't walk around for like eight weeks. Uh, no, no, no. Those are a lot easier to recuperate from. Um, so they usually, you can walk them uh, unless there's pins sticking out of them. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Franken-toe. Franken-toe. Toe gun, franken-toe. You can walk them uh, pretty soon, mm-hmm. like within a few days. And uh, and most yeah. of these are outpatient surgeries that are done. Yes, kind yes, of, yes, yes. Uh, in a lot of different places. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that is fascinating. Uh, mm-hmm. Anna, you just broke out on your own after leaving Austin Diagnostic Clinic after 23 years to start your own place. What's it called? Elite Foot and Ankle Associates. What's the website? Um, EliteFootAustin.com. And what's your phone number? 512-907-3100. And if you are a uh, regular listener and you want to get their information, we really believe in them. My wife, Donna, you, yourself, mm-hmm. me, my daughter. We all trust you with our foot care. So thank you so much. How do people get a hold of us? That's right. If you want to learn more about Peyronie's of the toes, you can reach out to <laughs> us at 512-238-0762. If you have a question for Dr. Urocola. You can send us a question to armormenshealth.com. And you can listen to our podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. The Armor Men's Health Show is brought to you by NAU Urology Specialists. For questions or to schedule an appointment, please call 512-238-0762 or online at armormenshealth.com.